Carnal man is lost in his search for solutions. There are basically two worldviews of how this universe came to be. One, God created it, and two, evolution from nothing. In many ways, both camps are exposed to the same empirical information, but one interprets the information through the eyes of childlike faith and the other through the blind eyes of unbelief. The stark contrast is impossible to miss. Welcome to God Said, Man Said feature article 687, which will once again prove the dramatic inerrancy of Holy Writ. All of these features are archived on God Said, Man Said in text and streaming audio for the edification of the bloodbot and as ammunition in the battle for the souls of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for coming today. May God's face shine upon you with light and truth. Are you ready for real answers for your life's troubles? Have you been born again as Jesus declares in John 3, 3? Would you like today to be the beginning of a brand new life full of grace and truth and free of all sin and shame? It's just one decision away. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis 1, verses 26 and 27, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. God said, Genesis 2.19, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. God said, Genesis 5, 1 and 2, This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him, male and female created he them, and blessed them, and called their name Adam, in the day when they were created. Man said, When man first evolved from the primordial slime, he was a stupid, grunting, hunter-gatherer caveman, and over vast amounts of time he evolved, evolved into what he is today. Now the record. When God's word is rejected, the results are always devastating. To those looking for proof, it should end right here with the results. The principle is simple. Every commandment and pronouncement of God is the truth, and inherent within each is a blessing or a curse. Those who embrace the commandment reap the blessing of doing the right thing. Those who reject the commandment reap the curse of doing the wrong thing. If you are really looking for proof, stop right here. Since the fall in the Garden of Eden, everything is degrading on its way to the end. Science knows this phenomenon as the second law of thermodynamics. According to Darwin, through a process taking billions of years, time, chance, and survival of the fittest, man has and continues to evolve in a positive direction. But mountains of direct evidence say it's not so. The terribly jaded descriptor, hunter-gatherer, depicting the scraggly, grunting caveman finally walking on the Earth's stage as an intelligent, sophisticated man, is simply the opposite of what the evidence demonstrates. Several paragraphs from the God Said, Man Said feature, Dumb and Dumber, and 6,000 Years, follow. 
One of the most ridiculed and maligned teachings of the Bible is the concept of a 6,000-year-old earth. Among confessing Christians, doubt abounds here. But why? Has science proved, not theorized, but proved the earth and the universe to be billions of years old? The short answer is no. There are over a hundred scientific measurements that declare a young earth. God said man said has published over 40 features that certify a young earth that fits the parameters of God's word. Truly, there should be no doubt concerning this matter. The headline in the December 29, 2012 issue of Science News reads, Human Diversity's Recent Explosion. The subhead reads, Most Genetic Variation Came About in the Last 5,000 Years. The more science looks into the invisible, the more the facts shout yes to God's holy Bible. Keep in mind that God is invisible, and He created all out of that which is invisible just over 6,000 years ago. Now consider this headline from May 2013 issue of Acts and Facts. Is mankind getting dumber? Several paragraphs written by science writer Brian Thomas follow. Do today's children have lower IQs than yesterday's? Yes, according to measurements of intellectual and emotional strength gathered from different countries and contexts. The results show the same basic decline and resist the notion that public or other forms of education are to blame. Could the cause instead lie within? Stanford University professor Gerald Crabtree thinks so. He published a pair of essays in the journals Trends in Genetics, citing new discoveries that show why the human intellect is surprisingly fragile. This biblical, creation-friendly notion didn't sit well with the authors of a rebuttal paper who countered that the human intellect is robust. What lies at the heart of this disagreement? Bad science or bad assumptions? Crabtree identified two fundamental processes as the main culprit. First, human intelligence uses neurons, and these cells can only function properly if their genes stay in top shape. Second, these genes are susceptible to degradation. This loss of organization occurs continually as mutation slowly, irreversibly garble genes, and the resulting errors pile up and are not corrected. Each new generation accrues about 60 new mutations to the gene-coding DNA regions of the human genome. Crabtree applied this rate to calculate that every 20 to 50 generations, we should sustain a mutation in one copy of one of our many ID genes. As a result, in the past 3,000 years, uh, about 120 generations, each of us should have accumulated at the very least, 2.5 to 6 mutations in ID genes. Accordingly, the human intellect perhaps reached a peak 2,000 to 6,000 years ago. This appears to confirm three lessons that can be drawn from the Bible. First, Adam and Eve's brains were originally very good. Second, we had our best brains about 6,000 years ago. Third, Humanity has suffered genetic, genetic degradation since then under the curse. Both Crabtree and his detractors tried to extrapolate some set of numbers to make conclusions about the unobservable past. The rebuttal authors who resist the genetic decay principle handpicked numbers that support evolutionary history. Crabtree instead used numbers collected from real-world statistics, and those studies present an ever-clearer case 
for a human race that was very good at the start, but is steadily falling apart, end of quote. Does an examination of the facts continue to certify the inerrancy of holy writ? Of course the answer is yes. God's word is true and righteous altogether. God's word is the map. It's the compass. It's the way to navigate your ship to the city of God. End of quote. In 1962 and 63, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled against the God of the Bible in the public school system. The results are recorded. From 1962 to 1994, Scholastic Aptitude Test, SAT scores, dropped 7.3% in the U.S. Historian David Burton, in his commentary in the Founder's Bible, weighed in with the following. In 1962 and 1963, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that after 320 years of the fear of the Lord being central to America's educational philosophy, it was time to make a change that it was time for public education to become completely secular. The difference between the two approaches has been dramatic and measurable. For example, following the introduction of the new educational policy excluding the fear of the Lord, academic knowledge plummeted, evidenced by the dramatic decline in college-bound student scholastic aptitude test scores. Furthermore, in numerous recent international academic competitions, American high school students regularly finish last, near the last, or in the bottom half of students in math and science testing. In fact, one recent international testing found that although American elementary students performed above average when compared with their peers in other nations, junior high school students performed only at average, and American high school students finished at the bottom well below average. This sequence of results promoted one national education magazine to observe, the longer U.S. students stay in school, the less they seem to know. Another measurement reflecting the change is that of illiteracy. Only a few decades ago, America had one of the world's highest literacy rates, but it is now ranked a dismal 65th in the world among its nearly 200 nations, and a number of third world nations currently post higher literacy rates than the United States. Yet on the other hand, Testing results routinely, routinely, pardon me, routinely demonstrate that students who participate in faith-based education, whether in home, Christian, or parochial schools, score several grade levels higher than their counterparts in public schools on the same academic test, regardless of demographic locations or socioeconomic stratas. And those students also score 40 points or more higher on the SAT, end of quote. With the exception of what is recorded in the Bible, we have very little knowledge of the level of man's intellectual abilities before the Noahic Ark, but you can be sure they were substantial. Adam and Eve were created in the image and likeness of God, and according to Stanford University professor Gerald Crabtree, it's been downhill ever since. Following, you'll find several paragraphs lifted from Jackson, uh, Jackson Hole Bible College's 2012 book, the Genius of Ancient Man, Evolution's Nightmare. The work was edited by Professor Don Landis. In reference to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, the genius of ancient man states. This paradigm stands in stark contrast to the evolutionary premise of early man. 
The naturalistic model depicts the first humanoid being as brutish creatures evolving out of slime, looking more like apes than humans. Their behavior would be only slightly advanced above the rest of the animal world from which they were evolving. These advancements could include a slowly developing system of communication, living in caves, struggling to discover the secrets of fire, and laboring to move and build things before finally inventing the wheel. Thus, the further back in the history, the more the evidence should support. Unsophisticated ancient civilizations with little to no culture, refinement, architecture, or advanced skills. By going to the Word of God, Christians are able to refute this claim, refute this claim of a primitive man with truth that coincides with the physical evidence. End of quote. Genesis 11. Verses 1 through 8, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city, and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down now, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech." So God scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. All of mankind was scattered abroad, but their rebellious aspirations to reach unto heaven did not die, again from the genius of ancient man. These ideas were embedded in their being. It would not occur overnight, however, as the new civilizations grew in population and strength, they would begin to build again, and they did. The various groups built their towers, pyramids, and mounds wherever they went, all linked to their foundation at Babel. As such, today there is evidence of towers built all around the world, and a religious system of stargazing, and the attempt to get to the heavens deeply entrenched in many cultures. The data-proving commonalities of architecture and religion of early man is overwhelming. The extent of worldwide evidence and magnitude of data confirming the text of Scripture must be made known. Without a doubt, the facts confirm that at the dispersion of Babel, men took their new religion and goals worldwide, resulting in the similarities found today. End of quote. Following, you'll find miscellaneous paragraphs from the genius of ancient man that defy the caveman to scientist paradigm. An extremely advanced and perplexing artifact that charted the heavens and kept time is the Antikythera mechanism found in 1900 in the wreckage from a 2nd century B.C. Roman merchant ship. It is probably the most scientifically advanced artifact of the ancient world. The mechanism, about the size of a shoebox, is believed to be a mechanical computing device at least 2,000 years old. Thirty of its original bronze gears are still intact, with the total number suggested to be 37. It is extremely complex, able to predict the movements of the sun, moon, the twelve signs of the zodiac, and possibly the five planets then known to the Greeks. 
It tracked the Saros, Metonic, and Calyptic cycles. Apparently, it also tracked the four-year cycle of the Olympic Games so the people would know which games were being played each year. It wasn't until the 17th century clocks that had anything in comparison were made. More evidence of ancient man's intelligence comes from the architecture and construction of their structures. Not only are there similar styles seen around the world, but but there's also a puzzling lack of tools around these amazingly advanced buildings. This leaves researchers scrambling to theorize how the builders created such fascinating monuments. Many of the impressive buildings are made up of huge stones with very little evidence testifying of how the ancient people fitted them into place. Such megalithic stones can be found all over, from the pyramids of Egypt to the stone circles of Britain to the Mayo of Easter Island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Many unexplainable examples found in Peru have odd polygon shapes fitted precisely together like puzzle pieces with no mortar in between. Still more interestingly, many underwater cities have been discovered with the same megalithic construction. More of these megalithic projects are thought to have been completed around the same time, commonly dated to around 2,000 years before Christ. Experts are baffled that thousands of years after construction, the joints are still precise and the cracks haven't weathered, but rather have possibly become a better fit. Currently, most of the cracks are so thin that you can't slide a credit card into them. The structures are so stable, in fact, that people throughout history have built upon them because they have passed the test of time. Yet even with so many well-preserved examples to study, scientists have not found a way to explain how the ancients accomplished such uh, such feats. Of course, working from an evolutionary timeline, the level of technology and skill needed doesn't fit their paradigm. Therefore, making uh, construction uh, was difficult to explain. Christopher Dunn, a master craftsman and skilled machinist, has done extensive hands-on research on the pyramids of Egypt, and he points to evidence of machine-worked artifacts as well as that of high-velocity drills, saws, and industrial-quality lathes. Many of his findings show techniques that have only recently been discovered. Another researcher, Sir Flinders Petrie, who died in the middle of the 20th century, spent his whole life studying Egypt and tools. He discovered that diamonds would have been needed for the drilling work evidenced by Egyptian artifacts, but none were ever found in Egypt. Dunn gives further credence to this theory by Petrie and sees evidence for silicone carbide looped wires that are currently used for cutting granite and other hard rocks. However, though copper was known and used by Egyptians, it is too soft to be used to chisel hard rock like granite. There are many examples of fine, fast drill marks, saw marks, polished surfaces, extremely flat surfaces, and intricate 3D contouring that so far have no explanation. Where the Egyptians got their diamonds and other materials for tools is still unknown, and the disappearance of said tools makes the mystery even greater. These straight cuts and drill holes are found in other places, too, such as in Puma Punku, Bolivia. Puma Punku shows the results of highly advanced stone-cutting techniques. Many of the blocks strewn about the Puma Punku area are intricately cut and shaped so that they fit together like Lego pieces. 
Experienced stone sculptor Roger Hopkins verifies the difficulty of the precision inner cuts and inner boxes that are cut into the blocks, claiming that it would be difficult, even with our modern equipment, to get that type of precision. He explains how these carvings would normally be done with robotic arms following computer patterns, yet still don't turn out accurate sometimes. This causes some researchers to wonder if the ancient people were able to soften the rock and shape it as if it was poured like concrete. However, the composition does not suggest a type of man-made concrete. Interestingly, the people who built Puma Punku are not even credited with having knowledge of the wheel or a system of writing, yet the construction of these blocks would have required a high level of engineering and mathematics. End of quote. Finding from the book. Even larger stones are found in Lebanon at the city called Baalbek, considered by some archaeologists to be a true wonder of the ancient world. The ruins are composed of a massive platform built with more stone than the Great Pyramid of Giza and include three different temples. It is here that three of the largest stones ever cut and moved are found. Named the Trilithon, they are made of limestone and each weighed 800 tons. Two even larger ones are found nearby, still attached to the bedrock, but weighing about 1,000 tons each. The stones in the Trilithon are laid end-to-end on top of a six-layer retaining wall. The fifth layer contains at least 24 stones that weigh 300 uh, tons each. Ingeniously built, the lower layers are made of smaller stones, though still very large, allowing for the bottom layers to move with the earth during earthquakes. The origin of the complex is unknown, with various legends claiming the builder was Cain, Nimrod, Solomon, or even a race of giants. Examples such as the ones described above give clear evidence that very little is really known about ancient man's intelligence level. It is obvious that the ancient architects held some sort of knowledge that is unknown today. It's interesting that cultures able to build such magnificent structures are not even credited with having a system of writing or any scientific knowledge. Yet starting with solid biblical presuppositions, these fascinating buildings only support the creation story in Genesis as well as the dispersion at Babel. Since God created man intelligent, And with very long lifespans, his story is only confirmed by the sophistication evident in ancient architecture. End of quote. Instead of caveman to scientist, things are moving in the opposite direction. It looks more like caveman in reverse. God said, Genesis 1, 26 and 27. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them. Man said, When man first evolved from the primordial slime, he was a stupid, grunting, hunter-gatherer caveman, and over vast amounts of time he evolved into what he is today. Now you have the record.